0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. gentlemen and welcome to the passing shot the tennis podcast by fans for fans with joel and kim today we are going to be rounding up all of the action from round one at the australian open which today saw an absolutely mammoth 96 singles matches scheduled across 16 courts kim we didn't get them all completed but it was still an absolute dream wasn't it
1: it was a a very packed fall today. I can't get my words out. There's still matches tomorrow from the first round. So we are not finished yet. Um,
0: I genuinely thought at one point we could have broken... Yeah, you know, if they wanted to play all those matches, we could have broken that, you know, that time that I think Leighton Hewitt and Ma- Marcus Bagdata set at like 4.36am, you know, latest finish ever um, at a Grand Slam event if if they wanted to. But yeah, they decided to to see sense and yeah, they've put some, there's still some round one matches to go tomorrow, including Britain's Heather Watson. But uh, yes, let's discuss all the round one matches that have happened so far let's start with the men um serene progress really for some of the top seeds you know Roger Federer you know Rafael Nadal I think Rafael Nadal had a a really easy old time you know bagel bagel in the third set uh, you know straight into second round you know quick off quick on court quick off court Um, But Novak Djokovic, you know, we spoke about him in our preview pod against Jan-Leonard Struf, and and saying that that was going to be a tricky one. And and it did prove so, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, Federer and Nadal, just a walk in the park for them, Um, especially just a note on Federer. You know, he hasn't played a competitive match in quite a while. So that was very impressive for him to come out the blocks Without breaking a sweat, really. Um, But Djokovic, yeah, dropped a set. I think it's the first time since 2006 that he's dropped a set in the first round at the Australian Open. Um, And, you know, 2006 Djokovic is a long, long time ago. Uh, I don't know if that's because he played the ATP Cup, which, you know, is a new um, thing to his schedule for pre-AO I don't know if it's it's as a result of that or he just kind of went off the boil. You know, we have seen this before where he can just kind of go off the boil for like half a set and then he just focuses on the next set and just kind of annihilates uh, his opposition, which is what he did in that fourth set to come back and just clinch it.
0: Yeah, he came back pretty strongly. I mean, he won 7-6-6-2, 2-6-6-1. Six, six, two, two, six, six, yeah, I don't think for me, it's not like alarm bells are ringing because, you know, he dropped you know, he dropped a set. I think Striff just played a really good set of tennis. You know, this is a guy who is in form. I think he went, you know, he was uh, played 3-1-2 at the ATB Cup himself. Um, So I just think he raised his level. And I think for Novak Djokovic, actually having an early test on in, you know, in a Grand Slam when, you know, potentially he's going to be playing over, you know, first week and second week, you know, to get a really good test straight off the bat has served him, you know, really well and probably, you know, probably better than you know. Let's say you know Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal kind of going through, um, you know, very very simply.
1: Yeah, I agree. It definitely helps to have a bit of a test early on um, to get him kind of ready for the battles of 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 later on. I'm sure his neck. I think his next two opponents would be quite straightforward, so he'll probably sail through those ones. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he was ever really in any in any. Severe worry on Monday night. Um, And then another top seed um, who lost a set in his opening match was Medvedev, who was given the night session um, on Tuesday night. So they put Rafa on in the daytime. And Medvedev was given the night match against Francis TFO, who, you know, reached the quarters here last year. So I can understand why that, you know, would be uh, the the more entertaining, closer match, I suppose, for the night session. Um, But yeah, Medvedev dropped the second set. And uh, I don't know if, if, you know, this is like the first time at a slam where he's kind of coming in as one of the favorites. So I think that is a new experience for him. Um, And I think he's just going to round by round kind of feel more confident and get stronger and stronger.
0: Yeah, I think, as you said, I think he, you know, his breakout Grand Slam was, you know, the US Open the lot you know the last grand slam that was we got to the final and as you said it's like this time he's going on court he's got a bit of a swagger about him you know he is the favorite and um you know that is a different you know that is a different mindset to you know going in and you know not being um you know heard of the fact that you know he was on the night session as well you know there would have been all you know all eyes on him and um yeah him and TFO had a you know had a pretty good battle um you know as i said you know TFO i think was defending Well, I think did he get to the quarterfinal last year? He did. So Um, he's
1: going to have lost, you know, a fair few points. Uh, mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, it's a bit of a bad draw, isn't it? Getting the fourth seed in the first (laughs) round—that is pretty rotten luck. He probably did well (laughs) to get a set, to be fair. Um, And actually, just just a note on on the scheduling, you know, they put Medvedev and TFO on as the, you know, the night match, but afterwards they had, you know, a women's match. And we've had this debate before, haven't we, about the scheduling, like they should really put the women on first. But the match they chose to put on was Angelique Kerber against an Italian player that literally no one's ever heard of, which I thought was a bit, I don't know, is that a bit of a cop-out? Like, I know Kerber is a slam champion, but... She and, you know, she won very comfortably, but I just sort of thought, is is this like at least put that on first? Um, but that's just a personal thing about the scheduling. Um, but yeah, so all the top four seeds are through in the men's event. In fact, in the men's tournament, I don't think we've had like a great number of seeds fall. Um, perhaps the highest seed that's gone is uh, Denis Shapovalov, who was the 13th seed. And he lost to Martin um a Bit of a surprise because we had sort of thought that Shapovalov would... Sorry, Shapovalov um, would get to <laughs> the fourth round. And I think he was due to play Federer, which would have been perhaps quite tasty. But yeah, first round loss. Um, perhaps an underachievement compared to what he should have done. But I, I don't know, maybe he's... He's overplayed of late. Um, maybe the well, pressure I mean, got to him.
0: Yeah, I think the the pressure is interesting because uh you know, in his post match conference he said, I think I played really nervous today and you know, I, I don't know you know what it is because as you said, he was going in with great form, he looked in good shape, uh, you know, injury free. And yeah, just wasn't able, you know, to put it together. And and actually, he got he got really irate during that match uh, with the umpire. You know, lost his cool. Um, and it's not really a side of Chapovalov I've really seen, you know, since uh, you know since his early days, since he, you know since that match with Carl Edmund in uh, the Davis Cup. But um... he, he is
1: only twenty though, still. So I suppose we shouldn't sort of expect you know, wonders of him. Like he is still quite emotionally, you know, dare I say, immature. Um, you know, 20 is still a very tender age. So I think, you know, his progress is going to perhaps be more gradual rather than mm. a sudden but, yeah.
0: performance. Um, but he did, so he did lose in the first round to Richard Brankus at Wimbledon. He's lost now in the first round to to Fuskiewicz, who is a very... Good competitor on his day. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there is a, you know, an issue there for Shapovalov to, to figure out at Grand Slams where, you know, he needs to be ready from, you know, the very first point. And it, it seems, you know, based on, you know, Wimbledon and, and, and you know, just now in, in Melbourne, um, you know, he's not quite there you know, ready to, you know, ready, ready to go. But um, yeah, that wasn't the only disappointment though for, for Canada, because we also had Oger Aliassim, who again, is another, you know, up and coming player. who's probably, you know, one of the best, you know, one of the best prospects along with Shapovalov on the tour, losing to Ernest Gulbis of, of all people. Um, of all people. Know, I mean, <laughs> well, that caught, that caught me off guard. I mean, Gulbis is a player for me. He can, he can blow hot. He can certainly blow cold. And uh, yeah, I, I, I woke up in the morning. I was just uh, not. I was just not expecting that result.
1: Well, I'm not sure how surprising. I don't know. Gulbis. Yeah, as you said, it, it depends what Gulbis is going to turn up on the day. We know what he's capable of, but he has actually qualified. He's had to come through qualifying to get here, so he's obviously been able to string three wins together to get into the draw. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't see this as a massive surprise for me. You know. OJ LAC missed a large chunk of last year with injury. He only kind of came back at the Davis Cup, didn't he? I think at the end of the year. So he's still, you know, kind of getting back into the swing of things. So um, in, I just wonder how far Gulbis could go. I don't know what his draws like. like. Could, could he have a have a bit of a run with some matches here. Or are we just is he gonna next his next match he'll just turn up um and play like his current ranking. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> well um, I mean we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, not great for Canadian tennis because obviously Andreescu is out well, you know, she's not even here. Um so I don't know if they've got oh I think Milos uh Rionic won through. He he's still there so uh perhaps uh... he's almost
0: coming under the radar now yeah which, exactly given, you know the yeah. rise of Chapovalov and, and FAA um but yeah so uh, yeah not a great not a great opening round I think for for Canada um but I think Kim we've got to address you know I think given the you know the lack of upsets in in round one um it has meant we can focus on the more um mundane well, let's, <laughs> well i
1: exciting exciting intriguing
0: (laughs) I mean pretty much all those words um Grigor Dimitrov's tracksuit what is what is going on there what do you make of that we put it out on Twitter 61% of our listeners didn't like it I mean what did you make of that outfit
1: I'm surprised it's not a higher percentage, to be honest. Um, It's just got me thinking. We should probably do like a a special episode on like fashion faux pas in tennis. (laughs) I think you know, up with uh, Federer's delivery driver UPS outfit was that oh that page one yeah and then you know when stan won the french open those terrible shorts
0: shorts
1: (laughs) (laughs) so maybe griggle's gonna like go go on a big run here with this awful tracksuit um to be fair like the more i look at it it's kind of growing on me but i mean i know he can wear what what he wants but it does look a bit um kind of like pajamas but also Like he's just loitering around some, some I don't know town in England, not doing an awful lot and truanting from (laughs) school or something. I don't know.
0: Um, (laughs) What do our listeners (laughs) think? Let us let us know because I I'm still a bit I'm I'm still a bit divided. I think I think what's great about that that picture that is circulating is all the reactions of the people in the background because you pretty much got every sort of facial expression on you know, spectrum from bemused to shocked to kind of uh, just the, the old guy just like looking at it just like yeah. really disa- really and, disapprovingly.
1: And the girl in the green shirt, she's like, hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's quite funny. But it doesn't even go with his like, um, you know, his bag. Like, I'm not sure. It just totally clashes. But I think he did actually have some part in designing this, which is perhaps the more know, worrying which thing. Which is even more worrying. So if, he, if he's trying to go into fashion design, then... Possibly he should go and speak to the Williams sisters because they're both (laughs) uh, into fashion, aren't they? They both have their own range. And I think they've uh, been more successful.
0: Do you know who I wouldn't speak to? Elena Svitolina, because some of the some of the outfits I've seen her wear are, again, very interesting. Very like I'm not sure I
1: know what she means.
0: Oh, okay i'll show i'll show you i'll show you after kim but okay. yeah they are very uh i think they're very rogue but maybe our listeners think the complete opposite maybe i'm just not very good with fashion but um yeah let us know if uh what you think of Grigor dimitrov's tracksuit do you like it do you hate it what other uniforms or pieces uniforms. of clothing that... okay it's <laughs> just
1: a funny word um yeah no i totally agree though um let us know, you know, your personal fashion faux pas and tennis or perhaps outfits you really loved. Um, you know, I know there's been some, in the women's side, some absolutely amazing like dresses and outfits over the years. So send us your thoughts, a little picture perhaps, and we maybe we'll do a special episode on this in the future. Um, that'd be cool. So I look forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on that. Um, let's talk about British players, Joel, because Dan Evans had a... Had a win for the first time from two sets down, so it's another thing ticked off his list. Um, Very,
0: very, very odd scoreline: three six four six, and then a really comfortable straight three set: six one six two six three. It was almost like a match of,
1: you know, a match of two halves. (laughs) Yeah, I think Mackenzie McDonald has been out a long time with injury last year, so. This was one of his first matches back. Um, he hasn't played very much. So I think his fitness is is just kind of not up where it should be, which probably played a factor. Um, but yeah, so good that Dan could turn it around because he actually doesn't have to play Laszlo Gere in the second round, who I said in our previous episode, I thought Laszlo Gere was going to beat Dan in the second round. Dan's not even playing him. He's got to play Nishioka next, which is, I think, winnable again. Well,
0: y- yes, it is. It is certainly winnable. But I'm pretty. I I've been reading. I think Nishioka actually has Evans's. Uh, I think he's beaten Evans the last last couple of times. So I don't think that is a. I I think that might be quite tricky. Oh really? Oh um, no. Yeah. So <laughs> I I we'll see. But yeah, Dan Evans through in, in five sets. The more I think, more I look at that scoreline, the more I realise thank God for best of five set tennis at Grand Slams. Cause yeah. I know we have that. I know we always have that debate on whether, you know, men's tennis should go down to, you know, best of three sets. And, you know, I, it, you know, for Dan Evans, it's like, it took him as long as it was probably allowed to before lo- losing the match, um, you know, to find his level and find his game. And ultimately, if that was a, if that was a best of three set match in round one, um, you know, he'd be out. And, um, yeah and he and he would have gone you know the same fate as Carl Edmund unfortunately who yeah. who lost to um you know a very tricky opponent seeded player Dusan uh, Laovic. but um I think it's disappointing because he was 5-2 up then the rain came and then it was a completely different match and is it it's Tim
1: Henman scenario can we just blame <sighs> the rain delay cuz yeah I mean imagine mm. if it hadn't rained would Edmund have I don't know it wouldn't have been any different would it but um yeah, and Kyle has also never won a match after falling two sets behind. He's never um, won a set, Kim. Which isn't isn't a great statistic. So when he went two sets down, I suppose he was just like, well, I've had it now. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating, isn't it, that Kyle is just... I mean, I know it's not a great draw to get Laevich in the first round. So it's just we weren't really expecting him to win it, but I think a set would have been nice
0: I mean, um, if, especially if you don't want to be losing from 5-2 up, but know. You know, sadly, you know, I was on a, I was, I was speaking to a friend, um, you know, in the morning after the rain delay and I was saying, oh, Kyle Edmund is 5-2 up on Laovitch. And my friend said to me, like, 100% Kyle Edmund is losing that set. And, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you got to think kind of two years ago, you know, it just came up on my Facebook feed. I was there two years ago when, you know, he, he was he was beating Andrea Seppi and going into the quarterfinals. I think he beat Dimitrov, got to the semifinals. And this yeah. is just kind yeah. of just a complete world, world away, which is, you know, really kind of disappointing and sad. But I'm sure, I'm sure Karl will back, bounce back. He needs to go, you know, back to the drawing board and, and kind of re, recollect his things and kind of look, I think, look at that match because, yeah, it's like he, he does create openings for himself. And, and more often not, he does it in, in most matches he plays, but he, he never seems to be able to kind of, you know, close it out at the moment. So, um, so yeah, disappointing for Kyle and also disappointing for Cameron Norrie as well, who had a five-setter against Oogs... Um, uh, was it Oogs-Herbert? Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, was, Herbert.
0: It was frustratingly two sets to one up and, and let um, Herbert back in uh, to win in five.
1: Yeah, I think Cam sent... I think... Does he have more of a habit of losing in five? There's all these matches, and I feel like he really should win them um, because... Yeah, he was two sets to one up and then it was five all in the fourth set, um, which, you Very know, tight one. crunch time, he could have he could have just, you know, if he'd had like an extra gear or just elevated his performance just at that, you know, crunch time in the fourth set, could have been a different story. Um, so yeah, Dan Evans is the only British male remaining um, in the singles. Well, obviously, we've got lots of Brits in the doubles that that'll be starting in the next few days. So um but yeah let's let's hope Evans can go as far as he can. Um and then we've also another kind of notable talking of five sets, Joe, a kind of notable I,
0: him, I love this stat. I love this stat. <laughs> I put it on Twitter stat. earlier. <laughs>
1: um yeah, Fabio Fognini came back from two sets down to beat Raleigh Apelka. Um, I just, you know, I assumed Riley Apelka won that because I think I was tracking the scores and I thought, oh Mm. yeah, that's not a surprise Apelka's up on Fognini. I I didn't even go back and look look the next morning when I woke up because I was like, oh, Fognini lost. (laughs) Well, I think
0: Fognini benefited as well from the the rain delay because, yeah, he came back in five sets and it became the ninth man in the open era to come back from two sets down to win a match in all four Grand Slams, which I think is fascinating. Um, he did that and... against Rafa at the US Open
1: um, once, which is not great. Um, is that right? I think Cause... so. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure Rafa S- was too set up at the US Open a couple of years ago. So, and he lost to Fognini.
0: So he he joins a very special <sighs> list of players. Yeah. Kim. Can you think of any other players who are classic play five sets all the time and Seppi, come back from Andreas down. Seppi
1: he always <laughs> plays five sets I mean I don't know if he always wins them but he certainly always used to play five sets that, that and also true. Dennis Isterman played quite a number in fact Dennis Isterman and Andreas Seppi used to play a lot of five sets against each other and I'm sure they were joined uh, they were drawn together in the first round of like two or three consecutive slams um, which was greatly entertaining for myself Um But let's have a quick ad break and then we'll discuss uh, all the shenanigans from the women's side of the draw. Okay, so into round two, um, pretty much all the top seeds are there from the women's side of things. I don't think we've seen any major um, top stars fall. Serena's gone through very comfortably. asaka has gone through very comfortably. Kvitova has gone through extremely comfortably. Ash Barty, perhaps one of the only ones that had a bit of a wobble. She dropped the first set. Not a great start to her AO campaign at home. Uh, But then she came back and she won the next two sets, 6-1, 6-1, against Lesia Serenko, who herself, like this time last year, was a top 30 player. So, you know, obviously has... She obviously has a better performance in her than her current ranking suggests. Um, I don't think Barty's actually kind of panicking or anything. She, I think she was quite relaxed about it all. Um, she just said she made a few, like too many errors in the first set, and then she kind of tightened, uh, you know, tightened up her performance, and then it was, you know, plain sailing after that. So um, I don't think there's anything to worry about for her.
0: No, I, I no, I don't think so. Either. I think she, as you said, I think she was just too eager to kind of please the you know the Australian fans and you know I think it just resulted in a, in a few two errors so she changed up a game and yeah she came through you know, com- you know very comfortably in the end um you know I think the biggest kind of one of the bigger talking points out of round one in, in the women's section is uh around kind of two you know greats of the game uh Maria Sharapova Venus Williams both losing um Sharapova to Donna Vekic, Venus Williams to Coco Gough, Um and Sharapova has already kind of said I'm not sure if I'm going to be at the Australian Open again which I guess you know it was quite you know it's quite sad and you know the manner of her defeat to Vekic I mean 6-3, 6-4 it was just kind of a bit you know it was it it we were going into that match you know expecting Vekic to win but you know, to do so, and I guess in that manner, it's just mm-hmm. a bit, it's yeah. just a bit depressing. And you know, for Sharapova, her ranking, it's going to be three hundred and sixty-six, and you know, it's going to be, uh, it's. I think there's going to be more hard times ahead than you know before we even maybe even get to the good times.
1: Well, with that ranking, you know, she's going to be playing futures. Uh, she's going to be relying like, on wild cards. In yeah. like Shrewsbury, yeah, and relying on <laughs> wild cards.
0: With Laura Robson, yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, it, it It doesn't bode well. She just can't maintain her fitness to, to like play consistently enough. And every time she does play, you know, she doesn't have any form with her. So she just loses. And then it's just this like inconsistent cycle of, disappointment and despair and i do feel really sorry for her because obviously it's such a fall from like grace and from being you know the star at the top of the game and now now to this and you know it has happened to other players before um so i don't know i don't know how much longer she will be around because i mean if i were say you'd get to a point and think like is is this really worth sort of my time and commitment and you know she's got a lot of business pursuits that she could go into so i, I don't know i wouldn't be surprised if if we have some kind of announcement from her at some point in the near future i don't know
0: it reminds me of that quote i remember from Andy Roddick who said kind of you know i'm i'm not one of those players who just wants to exist on tour and it almost is kind of like for maria sharapova she's now you know we're not talking about her as a grand slam contender she has gone into this you know she has gone into this space where She's just existing, you know, on the, you know, on the WTA tour, and, um, you know, I, I want her to, you know, climb up the rankings again. We can relive the good old days, but, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not sure if that's going to happen. But, you do you know, think you know-
1: Joel that Harriet Dart would have beaten her,
0: like in this I think tournament? She- I think she would have taken... I think she would have done better (laughs) than last time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because Harriet Dart, incidentally, you know, has beaten Masaki Doi today. So Harriet Dart is into the second round and it went to um, final set tie break, didn't it? And Harriet was kind of 5-1 down and she came back and and won the tie break. So, um, yeah, great performance from Harriet. But I just, I was just thinking, you know, this time last year, Harriet got thrashed love and love by Sharapova. And, you know, Sharapova actually reached the fourth round last year, which is why she's her ranking is dropping so much, um, having lost in the first round this year.
0: I have think Harriet Dart, although she hasn't got Maria Sharapova, I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure she's got Simona Haller yes, in the next she has. round. So I know. you know, that could be a, I hope she doesn't have I hope she goes into that not thinking about, you know, that Maria Sharapova mm. match from yeah. you know not be daunted by you know a real you know a grand slam winner um but um yeah i, I mean it's great for dart i mean whilst we're just kind of talking about the brits um you know i think it, you know we had two defeats and i think they were kind of on opposite sides of the the spectrum we had a positive defeat let's start with from katie bolter who you know pushed Svitolina quite hard um she lost, uh, you know, 6-4, 7-5 um, to the that's fifth seed. That's a decent
1: scoreline, isn't it? You know, for your first match back after a long injury layoff against the fifth seed, I think that's really credible. Um, and, yeah.
0: And you could tell, you know, from her post-match press conference you know she was just happy to be back on a court she may have even surprised herself well, actually well how you know how well she she pushed um Svitolina but um but yeah on the other end of the spectrum we've kind of got you know J- Joe Conta who you know there were kind of injury concerns around her knee you know tendonitis. the fact that she'd you know had only played like two matches since I think since the US Open um who you know went out rather meekly to you know, I've I, admittedly a quite a dangerous opponent in Ons Yabor. Um, but yeah, it went out six four six two.
1: It's quite hard to say that name, isn't it? Without sort of saying it quite dramatically, like Ons Yabor. Um, it's just, it rolls off the tongue quite nicely. Um, yeah. I think even on contours, you know, even when she's not struggling so much with an injury, you know, Ons Yabor beat her um, back in Eastbourne last year. So, Probably not the best matchup, um, but I'm just hoping, yeah, Joe can like take the time now to really build a, you know, build up her. I, I don't know. Just I kind of overcome this. Well, I know it's like a chronic issue, but I just hope, you know, she can take a bit of time and come back, Um, I guess, in the hard courts, uh, you know, Indian Wells, Miami. I just hope by then or by the clay that she can get back to where she was last year because, it's just frustrating, isn't it? But um, yeah, so mixed fortunes with the Brits. Heather Watson is still to come uh, tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. I've even, I forgot. Yeah. We've still
0: got <laughs> still got to look forward to Heather Watson in, in round one. And I yeah. think Dan Evans as well is playing tomorrow, but in in round two. In round two, um, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. I think
0: I think just rounding up a couple of other results from the women's draw that did catch my eye. Kim, a, a player that you thought might um, oh, be you going to say Vondroušová? Von Von yeah, Drusover. I know She's lost to Kuznetsova in yes. what, what sounded like was probably potentially one of the matches um, of round one in the in the women's draw. Um, yeah, Kuznetsova came coming through against Von Druseva. I mean, uh, yeah, it sounded like an absolute. It sounded like a great match to be honest. It sounded really high quality. Um, both players kind of having their moment, but uh, yeah, Kuznetsova coming through. She does love to play in Australia. I think she's got reached the quarterfinals three times um first time in 2005 which is wow
1: 15 impressive. years ago that's crazy um but yeah we also uh, as we said simona hallett won through she had quite a tricky match against jennifer brady but she came through in straight sets coco goff beat venus williams in straight sets uh, i know joel that you had sort of predicted <laughs> venus was going to win that one to be
0: fair
1: venus played like pretty well um you know it it was it wasn't like, you know, Venus hasn't played in such a long time. So I think that's a pretty good result for her to, um, you know, 7-6, 6-3. Um, so I think we were kind of expecting Coco Goff to win, but didn't know that the manner of the scoreline. Um, Goff's going to play Castello next. I think Goff can win that. Yeah. Um, so we could be on for Golf Sarka third round. And oh, then
0: that would be fantastic.
1: <laughs> we also had, well, Sloan Stevens, uh, who is actually the twenty fourth seed but has literally not won a match in forever. She lost to um Zhang Shui, uh, in three sets and is out of the tournament. And actually, incidentally, they played here two years ago and Zhang won that one as well. So um in almost an identical kind of school line, actually,
0: which is creepy. <laughs> Slo- Sloane Stevens Sloane Stevens not going through a good patch at the moment. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, she seems to have lost all her confidence because I think she was, she was serving for that match, I think from uh, six to five, four up. And, you know, you, you shouldn't be losing from that position. So um, yeah, Sloane Stevens out. Uh, another Grand Slam, you know, uh, champion that we, we didn't really talk about our, on our preview, who looked very good um, in her first round win. Yelena Ostapenko, who beat um Sanova, who, you know, informed qualifier, very comfortable, you know, quite routinely, actually 6-1, 6-4. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, yes, Ostapenko games some of those players, i a bit like uh, on her day, but she just doesn't have many of those days. Yeah. And I think, um,
1: sadly, uh, I think she had to withdraw from Auckland a couple of years ago because, a, a couple of years ago, a couple of weeks ago, because um, her father has passed away very recently. So obviously having to deal with that um, impact, but perhaps that's making her a bit more focused. Um, you know, she's she's playing for, you know, her father's memory. I, I don't know. So yeah, it will be interesting if she can, she can make a run. And another former Slam champion, actually, Joel, one of your favorites, Garbina Muguruza, had a very <laughs> yes. weird scoreline. Um, she was going. Shelby score Rogers line. Um, won the first set to love, and then Muguruza came back, uh, and it was six love six one to Muguruza. And I was just, you know, we're talking about a match of two halves <laughs> yeah. earlier. That's just kind of bizarre when you see scorelines like that. It's. I just, but you I, save I don't them say. all the
0: same, don't you? You yes. them all the same, yeah, they Kim. do They're stand fantastic. out on,
1: on the live scores app, I have <laughs> to say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what's been your moment, uh, your best moment from the first round, Joel, of the matches that we've had so far? If we uh, can sum it up in one so moment. Far.
0: Um, I'm going to say Grigor Dimitrov's tracksuit. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, just like, it's one of those things that has like... Um, it's gone to my i've 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 brought it up with non-tennis people and it's got people excited like the way that coco goff got people has is getting non-tennis people excited grigor dimitrov's tracksuit is doing the same thing so uh, me, that, that is my i mean that is my <laughs> one of my one of my one of my highlights what about uh, you
1: um Oh, well, as a Rafa fan, I've got to say Rafa progressing through with only the loss of five games. Uh, Sounds a bit smug, doesn't it? Um, I'd say Harriet Dart, because I think, you know, that match could have gone either way at the end. And she did really well to hang in there and and actually get the win. So, yeah, it's a darty party. Um, And we're going to finish up there. We'll be back after the second round has been um done and dusted um to give you all the latest on that so in the meantime uh, do let us know your thoughts um send us your fashion faux pas from the tennis world um what outfits have you sort of thought are absolutely horrendous or what outfits have you loved Um, we'd love to know so we can maybe do a special on tennis fashion i know i've been to like the wimbledon museum quite a lot joel and they have you know all the dresses from all the years past. Um and it's it's actually really fascinating to like look at close up at some of the detailing on some of like the dresses. Um there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um but yeah let us know on at passing shop pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, or you can email us at passingshoppod at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll be back shortly um to bring you uh, the action from the second round of the Australian Open. So hope you can join us then.